bewitched, 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 witch, witch, she witch. Hello, Michelle. Hello, Geordie. How are you? <laughs> oh, been better, but we're going to oh. skip past that. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't need. No, we want we want happy vibes happy today. Happy vibes. Fake it till you make it, Michelle. I think you were the one who told me that many years ago. Oh, shit. <laughs> I haven't always given you the best advice. <laughs> Even, and I guess vice versa. <laughs> I won't bring up the... Toss a coin. Toss a coin in an argument to see who's going to win. I'll tell you what, today it's my turn. (laughs) Today, any arguments we have, I'm going to win, okay? I'm going to let you. Yeah, let's just I'm going to let you today. I'm going to let you. Um, Right, so... I feel like I have a couple of apologies. Oh, apology time. Yeah, I've got one. Shall I just quickly apologise to Tom Hardy, who is not called Tom Hardy Cox, and it was a stupid joke that I thought was hilarious that... I realise now it was a bit of a dad joke and it was being repeated <laughs> to the extent that a dad would repeat it. So apologies to Tom. Hardy, not Cox. <laughs> I thought at the beginning it was a little joke, but when he kept saying it, I thought, she really his name really? His Tom Hardy name Cox. is Tom Hardy Cox. <laughs> like, but anyway. <laughs> it was in the vein of, uh, if you remember Kath and Kim, when they were talking about, you know, is Jennifer Aniston Pitt? Stupid, Kim. What about uh, Courtney loves Cox? Is she stupid, Kim? But anyway, no. it's all good. All I'm good. Just a fool. A fool. So I feel like I need to apologise to the neighbour's cat because oh. yeah, you were I, rude to that poor cat. I told that poor little cat to piss off, and piss uh, off. I really. You're a great aunt as well. <laughs> I'm not a horrible cat person. I'm cats and children get the boot when no one's looking. <laughs> <laughs> a good smack never hurt anyone. No, nope. if he's crying, <laughs> smack him. That's what they used to say in my family. <laughs> oh my god! Ah, <laughs> oh, that's how they, we grew Is up. Is he being too. naughty? Is he crying? Give him a good slap. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those days are long gone. I need to give a shout out. Oh yeah, to who? Shout out to our friend and friend of the show, Alistair Taggart. Oh, Al, yes, of course, because you stole his. He's the inventor of, yeah. go on. Baywit. 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 <laughs> the Baywit. And also he reminded us that Ben Mendelssohn, a.k.a. Bendels or Mendels, whichever one you prefer, was in both Star Wars Rogue One, which I think I have acknowledged in the past, but also he is in the, in the Marvel Universe as Skull, which I think is a baddie. He's, okay. He's very popular as a baddie. Well, yeah, he's made his career now in being mm. a baddie. I mean, it all started with the Hindsons. Yeah, because he was the baddie. He was. He was the bad boy. And he was bad boy in You, My Voice Broke. Was he? He's always Yeah, he's always the bad boy. He's like the lovable bad boy, I think. Right. But yes. But anyway, thank you, Al, for uh, the bywit. So, Al, um, for future, just so this is it, Al. This is your... Um, <laughs> Wake your up em- call. <laughs> this is your employment <laughs> agreement coming up now. Al has agreed to work as a researcher for us. Good luck. <laughs> so, because he sent us some fabulous information, Michelle. I'm not sure if you saw it. After the bloody Yowie episode, the episode with the Bigfoot in, he sent us some oh. fantastic info that we could have used. Bongo. I think Bongo, so. Bongo, mate. The Yowie. <laughs> Yowie. 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> no, Al's really good, except he always gives us the info after late. the episode. Yeah. So. so from now on, we're going to give him a heads up every week. He's going to be the only lovely listener of ours that's going to know beforehand because he's he's a contributor now. But he hasn't given us any stories. Come on, Al. We want your stories too. Well, they're coming. They are coming. Right. What else have I got? Okay. You were right about Noah Taylor. He Thank was in you. Peaky Blinders. I know. Absolutely. Yes, I Googled sorry. it while we were talking and you still didn't believe me. <laughs> I, yeah, I I didn't trust. Sorry. Who sorry did about you think that. it was? I had no idea. It's just sort of someone, no one. Who knows? No I had one. No, idea. no one who matters <laughs> to Michelle. No one. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I need to apologize to anybody who went to the website looking for the Ben Mendelssohn. Oh, you haven't done the Ben Mendelssohn. No, I, I haven't. Probably won't. Anyway. That's just pure laziness, Michelle. Yes, and drop theirs. Not a Canberra band. Actually, a, a Sydney, New Zealand band. Uh, and what was their Not hit? that anybody gave a shit. No, who knows? I have no idea. Drop the bear. <laughs> Smell my perfume. Is it that one? <laughs> Sorry. Drop the pilot. I know. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Can I say uh, something? Yeah. I discovered something this week, Michelle. It's not very nice. Oh, God, what? The rat population has exploded during lockdown in the UK. Maybe not in uh, where you are, but in the UK it has. They've taken to living and breeding in abandoned restaurants. Oh, my God. And cafes. No. There's an estimated 2.2 rats per person now. And they only need a tiny little hole to gain access because, you know, they can break all their bones to slide under things. They used to be a terrible, in Bond Street, a Bond Street uh, fancy shop that I used to work in. We had a big uh, refit. This huge, it's next to Smythson's. It's Mulberry. And when we'd finished work, because we we were the display team, we'd come in very early. We'd see rats as big as small pigs on the stairs. Oh, my God. The, the welcome mulberry cake that was made for us, huge, great big cake, had like footprints in it the next no. day. <laughs> <laughs> Looked like someone had sat on it and had a good old chomp. Oh, God. Oh, well, look, I just remember your friend and mine, Margaret, Max. Yes. She was kind enough to let my boyfriend, Blake and I, stay on her floor Back in the day when we first came to the UK, and I remember Blake and I were sleeping in the living room. She was in Brixton at this point. Mm, I remember um, that place. Sleeping in, sleeping in Brixton in the living room, and we woke up and because it was sort of you could, it was sort of open living room kitchen. We were like, "What the fuck is that noise?" We oh. were so like, "Fuck!" And we looked. The garbage bag was dancing. Rats inside. Rats inside. And Blake and I had never seen anything like it. And we were like, ah, welcome to England. <laughs> I had a very similar experience, but maybe even a touch more disgusting in 1990 when I was living in squats with my then boyfriend. I rem- And we were in the basement of uh, 13 and 14 Googe Place. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling something tickling my hair and in my head or something I I put my hand up and I felt something move I quickly sat up turned around just in time to see a rat run across my boyfriend's face no oh my god I had lice after that experience (gasps) Mm. oh that's not the only thing you would have had the fucking shivers I'm terrified by that story however yeah not sure this trumps it but this was quite disgusting go on um do you remember my friend Monique Yes. Now, 
she lived out in this incredible church in Gundaroo, which we've actually talked about Gundaroo. It's where a lot of alien UFO sightings are in the in the uh, Canberra Bermuda Triangle. Quaint but scary. Absolutely. But this place was fucking enchanting. It was absolutely gorgeous. And it was a converted church and we were sleeping up on the top. And one night it was dark and she got down to get a glass of water just felt something squishy under oh. under her toes. She had stepped in the open guts of <laughs> a rat that her cat her cat had caught it, ripped it to pieces, and she put a foot straight in it. You know what? I can tell you from experience, there's nothing worse than that. <laughs> no, because you I've done that. Well. No, I've done it. I used to live near Nunhead Cemetery. This is like a, a rat. A rat you like? This is like a rat off. <laughs> I was walking one summer's day with my friend Jane, flip-flops on. My son Killian was only little at the time. And I, my friend looked down. I trod in something. She looked down and went, (gasps) and I looked down and my flip-flopped foot was on top of the guts, like a a smeared Uh, rat that was like, (laughs) oh, I ran. I flew, my my leg flew up involuntarily and the flip-flop flew off and I ran home on like with just one flip-flop, ran home screaming. Had to have God. a lie down. But it did, wasn't did, good. did skin touch guts? I don't believe it did. Somebody said, I think it was my son said, I'd killed the rat by treading on it. I don't think that's what no, happened. No, I don't think so. I think I would have felt that. Poor Monique had rat guts oh, like through the between toes. Between the toes. Squelched Not between good. the toes. Not good. <laughs> you know, in London, you are never more than six feet away. And I think that that. From a rat. rat. I think that is that measurement is closing. Oh, getting God. smaller. Well, do you know what? My sister, Steph, she was walking through Hyde Park in Sydney. Again, same as you. Flip-flops on. Rat ran straight over a foot. I know. Not it's nice. not good. It's not a good start to the day. Not a good start to, to the podcast, is it? How the know. hell? How the hell do we get onto rats? I don't well, know. I, Maybe I don't know. because later on we're going to be talking about lots of witchy things, witchcraft, witches, familiars, things like that. Maybe we should tell the the listeners today we're talking Segway, about <laughs> witches. I made that awkward. Story of your life. Oh, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you: Did you ever have a witchcraft face when you were growing up? A witchcraft face? Fa- not a face. A what? phase. Did oh. you ever go through a witchcraft? Yes, phase? I believe I did. Yes, I have uh, done spells. I have, yeah, I've done spells. I've had people do spells for me. Um, I've had crystals. Now, look, I think it was really just a sign of the times. When we were when we were at that age, sort of like mid to late teens, mm. um, early 20s, it was all the rage. It Everybody was. was doing it. Everyone was into their crystals. Everyone was into tarot and witchy stuff and I certainly was into all of it and you know and that has has you know stayed with me actually Mm. same with my sister you know we we very much have not an affinity as such because it's not something that you know we have had continued as a practice into our later years but (laughs) we uh (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was always just around. It was just a really common thing. Yeah. You know, I'd certainly remember when I first came to the UK, mm-hmm. met you. Yeah, because we met in the UK. 
We did. Yeah. And met your friend Fiona. And the three of us all made a trek to Covent Garden because do you remember? <gasps> Mysteries! I used to love it there. Back in the day, honestly, there was nowhere in Canberra where you could really get that kind of stuff. I mean, mm. you know, there I would a be... New, it's a new age shop in Covent Garden called Mysteries, in case no one caught what I was just saying. <laughs> Mysteries! <laughs> and, you know, like, obviously, you know, like, as, as a kid, I'd always be hanging around the, you know, esoteric occult section of the library. But it's not the same, you know. You'd always be... Like, going. I remember going to Mysteries with, with you and Fiona, and it was mind-blowing. Sadly, could not afford fuck all in there because maybe a little crystal, yeah, if that, maybe with a jade frog or something. But um, yeah, it was it was fantastic. It was a real eye opener. So witchy face. I think we all had a witchy face. You've got a witchy face. <laughs> Oi! Oi! <laughs> You're a bit witchy woo today. I'm a bit witchy today. So what are we talking about? Exactly. There's so many different ways of talking about witches. I mean, you could talk, you could talk about the olden times, which I have a little bit of something about the olden times. And then there was, of course, you know, the Salem witch trials and that wonderful play by Arthur Miller, The Crucible, which I acted in at Narrabunda College in 1988. I had two parts in that in my drama, my drama. Uh, Who you were you? I was Goody Good. Oh, you were uh, Goody Good. Okay. And yeah, I was Goody that. Putnam. Who, which was a slightly larger part because Goody Good was just this old witch that had was in prison at the end and Goody Good, Goody Putnam, because they were called Goody instead of Mrs. for some reason, and Goody Putnam was the one that was like spreading rumours that she saw people flying and and then all these girls, um, what was her name? Abigail. Abigail was the lead character's name and she was, she was I, I don't know, it was, it was all like, it was in some kind of mirror to what, McCarthyism was going on at the mo at that time when Arthur yeah, yeah, wrote yeah, the yeah. play, so it was yeah, like a, it was a witch hunt. So it was very much reflecting well, what he was going through. Yeah, but that his peers. Yes, of course. I mean, you know, they were hunting Jews, gays, everyone who was different, communists. Yeah. yeah, as long as people have existed, there has been some kind of representation of a witch, and usually it will be some sort of um, healer or some sort of witch, yeah. like a doctor or a, yeah, a healer in the in a tribe. Yes, that's where it comes from. Yeah, but I think we've also always grown up with witches. You know, you think about Sleeping Beauty, like Wicked Witch of the West in Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And, you know, like even, God, bewitched, bewitched. Bewitched, bewitched. God, we bewitched, loved witched, that. Witched, witched. I used to love that. They changed the, the husband, didn't they? They did. He got sick. They had to change him. Did he get sick? Yeah, it was from one dick to another dick. Oh, it was two dicks and they looked very similar. Yeah, they did look similar. <gasps> but honestly, in our house, we used to love it. And do you remember Endora, the mum? Yes. She was fantastic. And what I she loved was is when, when, she, when Samantha the Witch would also play her dark-haired cousin Sabrina. I think it was Serena. Or Serena. Serena, Serena, right. yes. Serena. Yeah. She was amazing as well. So, but she was gorgeous. And so, look, I feel like witches have always, in one capacity or, or another, been part of the culture. Yeah. And just in the zeitgeist. But, you know, look, I actually read a really interesting thing. And it was by, like, a feminist uh, commentator. And he said, if you want to know the state of, like, where women are in your society, look at how you react to witches. Ah. If and they're I celebrated, thought, great. If they're yeah. being dunked. 
<laughs> not so great. <laughs> and I just think, you know, witches have always sort of reflected people's fears or I guess the fantasies of women. Yeah. So if you're if you're scared of powerful women, witches are gonna be burnt at the stake. Yeah. You know, and and I feel like there's a real correlation between like witches and feminism. Ah. Yeah. And this is sort of what I, you know, dug a little little bit into because that really fascinates me. Yeah, so I think there is definitely sort of a correlation between witchcraft and feminism. And I think that sort of there's been a real shift in in the way people think about witches because obviously in history they were burned at the stake and they were really just executed. You know, very badly, very poorly. But they were. But I feel like witches have gone from being sort of an evil outsider who threatens like the patriarchal order of things to being, like you said before, wise woman, healer, in solidarity with other women. And I think that witches are, they're women, you know. We're not talking about warlocks. We're talking about witches. And it's strong and it's really empowering. And I think, you know, they come together in covens and they, they, they practice together and it's it's a real sister sisterhood and you know I feel like it's it is about women finding their power and what I was saying before about look at how people look at witches and then you'll see how people you know regard women you know just recently with the whole me too movement um you know we've seen we've seen a rise in women finding their voices finding their power but I think we've also seen a rise in witchcraft it is everywhere yeah I mean you we have this whole generation of young witches coming up just go just go on Instagram go and put in hashtag like witches of Instagram it is astonishing what comes up right Going back to this idea of feminism, being a witch is is for women only, right? And I think it's really important that they it is for women only because, you know, men hijack a lot of things that are meant to be for women. You know, especially we've seen recently men coming out saying that they're feminists. Are they not allowed to be, do you think? No, I think that you can I you can identify with feminism, but I don't think a man really can be a feminist and okay look I'm not anti-men and I'm not saying not today <laughs> <laughs> look I think if feminism is a movement to end sexism and sexual exploitation and oppression then to advocate for for the rights of like women on the grounds of sexual equality yes I believe everybody can like get behind that hmm. but I'm not sure that you can be a feminist if you're not a woman. Right. Because, and I think it's like racism too. I think. Yeah. And we've seen this with the whole Black Lives yes. Matter movement. Unless you're black, or in this case, unless you're a woman, I don't think that you can. Understand the white privilege or the male privilege. No, that's absolutely. right. I get that. You can identify and you can sympathize. Yes, but unless you're a part of whatever group that is, mm. whether it's a race thing, a feminist thing, um, and ha- unless you, I think, have direct sort of actually lived it experience, I don't think you can ever truly understand it. And you're always an outsider. But you can use that to inform your thoughts about 
whatever it is and be like you say empathize and sympathize and be a supporter so anyway that's just what I want to say about feminism because people get really upset about that word but anyway I think there are there has been a real rise in witchcraft Uh over probably the last decade and look millennials love it and they are using social media to really push the message of How witchcraft. How old are millennials? Millennial, they're 35 now, oh, I guess. okay. I thought you were going to say 17. No, well, they're the new, new, new newbies. And, and they are. And look. That's when we had our witchy face, wasn't it, in 16, 17? Yeah, of course. And I think that you're probably. Through to your 20s. But there seems to be like this real rise um, on definitely on social media. I mean, I had read, and I didn't investigate this because I, I don't even know how to use TikTok, but on TikTok there are meant to be loads of closed groups where witches are just like convening. They're on doing their online oh. covens and getting together and and doing their spells using TikTok and all sorts. Wow. And it's really booming. Like the culture is booming on TikTok. There are loads of witch influencers. Just like I said, research witches of Instagram hashtag. Okay. And, you know, they're sharing horoscopes, spells, witchy memes. I mean, there was even like a load of witches got together to um, put a hex on Trump so he didn't get get in. Thanks, they girls. anti-Trump. I know. And they had hex the patriarchy. I found that really interesting. Yeah, apparently it's really attracting millennial women and... You know, I did some research on a couple of witches and they are making dollar, you know. Wow. They are they are making big cash because I feel like witchcraft's had a rebrand in recent years. You know, it's not just like for outsiders. It's for girls who are looking to connect with, with other women and people who have this, you know, this connection with crystals and spells and stuff and... Mm. Yeah, there's been a massive revival and acceptance of it over the past few years because where before I think you had to be a little bit secret about it because your colleagues and whatever think you're a bit weird. Covens are cool you can, and you can connect with like other like-minded people oh. super easily because like I said, social media is like the new hangout for all this witchy stuff. If you, like I said, witches of Instagram, 6.4 million posts have this wow. hashtag. There's a Wiccan influencer. You'd probably know more about Wicca than I do, but basically it's white white magic. I have a lot of Wicca in my house. I'm all about the 70s. <laughs> oh, my God. Another dad joke. God, sorry. But it's actually true. <laughs> you do love Wicca, the Wicca Man. <laughs> <laughs> and the Wicca Man. That's a great film. Oh, I don't know if it holds up. Try watching it now. But anyway, what? I don't know that that film holds up. It's a bit. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to watch it now. I'm going to watch it. All right. See you later. Um, right. Yes. So Wicca, W-I-C-C-A, uh, yes. basically white magic for, you know, they're nature lovers really into uh, witchy spells about nature and whatever. Anyway, there's this one, this one influencer called the Hood Witch. Her name's Brie Luna. She's got more than seven, no, 475,000 followers and she posts about everyday magic for the modern mystic. So mm-hmm. if you go onto her site, you can read all about crystal cleansing, smudging, new moon rituals, how to choose your own tarot cards, meditating with crystals, recipes for cleansing baths, all sorts of stuff, tips, nice. horoscopes. And of course, you can buy merch. So you can buy 
tarot re- you, well you can book a tarot reading with her you can buy crystals and herbs and stuff and get this she's so i mean she's gorgeous uh that she's had collaborations with coach oh. big fucking fashion brand right what she done a bag or a broomstick <laughs> well she must have done bags i guess um refinery 29 yeah. And Smashbox. Oh, makeup. Yeah, she did a line of cosmetics inspired by, like, crystals. Huh. So there is money to be made out there, like, is being that okay, a witchy. Though? I, I seem to remember that you're not really supposed to monetize this stuff. Well, they do. And you, if you go on YouTube, one of the biggest YouTubers for, like, witches is this girl, absolutely stunning her name's harmony nice she's from norfolk and she is stunning she trained to be a makeup artist so she has this incredible makeup on you know and she does all these autumnal colors she's got red hair and freckles but she's absolutely stunning and she's got like seven hundred and thirty-two thousand followers on youtube wow she's making dollar from youtube too you know like so these girls are like they're writing books. They're making money. Look, I think it's great that we never had this. We never, we could never log on when we were growing mm. up and find other people to connect with. Yeah. So we'd have I, to make pen friends, <laughs> pen pals, pen pals, <laughs> and then beg your parents for the price of a stamp. But um, you know, <laughs> just rifle through their wallets. We, if we went through Jen's, she had she didn't have any coins in there. But yeah, this modern witchcraft is really really on the rise and unashamed they're out there they're loud and proud being witches go for it ladies yeah done well it's fun I do quite like I enjoy doing a spell I used to like doing spells and stuff but do you know what I think Michelle because there has been success with certain spells that I've done or others have done on my behalf but what I do think is it's reinforcing positive positive thoughts positive outcomes it's like the uh, athletes when they when they think they have the positive mental attitude I'm going to win this race I'm going to win this race it's like that it's just it's another it's a physical reinforcement because you're doing something which has rituals for, for a positive outcome and because you're thinking in that positive way it's almost like cognitive behavioral therapy again fake it till you make it Michelle but you are, when you're talking about this, you're talking about good magic. We all know there yeah. is black magic out there. You're not supposed to do that. That's naughty. No, but black magic, you know, that's that's dodgy. But that's also what people remember, you know, or think of when they think about witches. It's like evil, evil. And it's really not like necromancy. Oh, Jesus, that just sounds terrifying. But this is a thing like... The, these new witches, they are really not about the evil side of witchcraft. No. You know, well, it's not supposed to be. No, and 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 what I find really interesting is that they are out there saying, you know, witchcraft. It's not supernatural. It's not evil. It's not devil worship. It's more of a practice and and a way of life, and not a religion either. Yeah. And not getting your power from other people but tapping into your own intuition yes. exactly and like I was saying with the exactly. mental positive yes. mental 
and and getting in and seeing the divine within yourself and yeah and respecting nature and the earth and that is also really important to and what they have always said is if you uh, much like our old friend Alistair Crowley if uh what is it if um, it harm none do- yeah. Do as thou wilt. And also, I think um, across across the board, while, while there are loads of different types of witchcraft and people are doing all sorts of different things, there are some basic principles and you will have known or heard about this one, which is the law of three. Yes. In, yes. So your actions are returned three times over. Yeah, so I have heard that. So if you give an act of kindness, then you'll get kindness back three times over well it's a nice way to live your life isn't yes, it yes but if you're doing evil spells you're going to get that evil shit back Ooh, three times you don't as want hard. that back three times but as that's hard, kind of karma isn't it yeah. really like mm-hmm. you think about it you know you get what you give and a lot of these things connect and it's not necessarily witchy to to think like that but it's it's even law of attraction too yeah yeah, yeah. all of that stuff i guess it's just whatever label you want to want to put on it I also read that because of this because a lot of these new witches are saying and maybe they all have always said this and and actually this goes back to when you were talking about traditionally witches being healers they're ordinary people they're not supernatural you know this idea of witches on a broomstick I think this is all like you know popular culture and again when women are threatening they they put you in your place by saying yeah, which is evil and we're going to burn you at the stake. But yeah, yeah a, a lot of what I read has basically stressed witches are ordinary people. They don't have mystical powers and that anyone can become a witch. As long as you're prepared to, you know, get in tune with yourself and what's important and develop these extrasensory skills. Yeah. But that everybody has the ability to be a witch if they want yeah. to, which I think is really exciting. Yeah. Never too late. Let's be let's be witches. <laughs> let's be witches. <laughs> oh, you little witch! I think you know. Like I said, the evil stuff has given witches a bad rap. Yeah, but sure. Once you understand a little bit more that it's just actually, you know, giving blessings to nature and yeah. getting in tune with yourself, it's it's a really positive thing. And it's yeah. about women coming together, which I always think is fantastic, and it, we never have enough of that in society. Let's celebrate that absolutely. Do you want to hear my witch story? Well, I've got a couple as well, but yes, I want to hear yours. Okay. Well, I got my uh, story. I was listening to a podcast, which I really enjoy, called um, Spooked by Glyn Washington. And okay. it's little different stories every... It's like an anthology series of lots of different stories. This one is, is this uh, on episode six. No. Ah. And it's called Shadow Men. And I also uh, found out some more information from Essex Live. But this is about a lady called, well, it's about a couple of different ladies, but the main one called Vanessa Mitchell, who bought her dream property in St. Oswith in Essex in 2004. And it's a medieval property known for it is its imprisonment of witches in the 1500s. And it was known as the cage. Have you heard of it? No, not at all. Sounds horrible. It sounds like it's it was at a time when they didn't, Take kindly to witches, obviously. No, uh, no, 1500s was prime, prime mm. time, shitty time for witches, yeah. Yeah. But she, anyway, Vanessa fell in love with this house and made it her home. But once she was in, she couldn't wait to get out, Michelle. Oh, God. What happened? She, well, she was blissfully unaware of the full extent of the property's chilling past when she moved in. Um, and they and didn't they, tell her. 
No. Well, because the previous owner had committed suicide. Oh, my God. But I couldn't find any more information about that. You shouldn't be allowed yeah. to, like, buy something unless you know what yeah. the fuck's happened in there, you know? Yeah. You are supposed to disclose if there's been murders. But, I mean, if it goes back as far as the, as the 1500s, do you really care? Well, I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> so poor old Vanessa, she managed only four years in the house and it has been completely empty since 2009 until recently. Okay. So finally, after 12 years of trying to sell her gorgeous home, Vanessa has finally secured a buyer. Mm-hmm. But let's go back to the day she moved in. Vanessa was making a cup of tea when she heard something behind her. She turned to see a tall, dark shadow man as what? if a child had scribbled like a oh, scribbling my god she saw it she he felt dark and menacing and vanessa just stood absolutely still her heart stopped and she thought shit oh god during her time in the house doors would open and shut the upstairs bathroom tap was always running despite her turning it off and the electrics would come on randomly so it sounds oh. to me like it might be a little bit of a ghost house a bit haunted but she did feel that it was full of spirits, but not all of them were bad. And some had offered her a sense of comfort. Hmm. Like one day when she was sitting on the floor watching TV, she looked up and saw a woman walking towards her. This woman was in full colour and Vanessa could make out her face, hair, clothes and the wooden bowl she was carrying as clear as day. Oh, my God. Okay. Vanessa didn't feel scared at all. This lady then took leaves or something similar like potpourri or something out of the bowl, the bowl and sprinkled it over Vanessa's head and then disappeared. All right. Eventually autumn arrived and something changed in the house, an oppression and darkness that Vanessa couldn't put her finger on. Again, Vanessa was sitting at the front in the front room and saw a black pulsating mass appear on the wall which moved slowly from the floor to the ceiling and across the walls as as if it was alive. It was like breathing oh in and out. Oh my god. She was shitting herself and fright set in. So she she basically didn't want to be in the house alone at night at all. She worked as a, in a high-powered job in the city and she didn't tell anyone at work, but the rel- relentless attacks began to take their toll. When she you was, say attacks, is she, is she physically like being attacked well, or she's just yeah. being freaked the fuck out by... Being freaked this, the fuck oh, out, seeing man. things, stuff oh, happening. God. She's hearing things. She's Yeah. The, uh, so drained and exhausted, she went to the hospital oh. where they did a scan and discovered that Vanessa was... Five and a half months pregnant. Well, not weeks. Oh, my God. This is Rosemary's baby. (laughs) Fuck. She was in shock but she because she had parted ways with her boyfriend, but the dates did correlate. It was a real man that did. Okay, okay. So it it wasn't like ghost baby. No. No, Devil child. (laughs) Devil spawn. Anton LaVey in a devil devil suit. Oh, So then she had to come up with, you know, what was she going to do? There was the issue. Five and a half, though. Like. Okay. Months. Sorry, five and a half months. You, I've, I've never been pregnant. You must know. At five and a half months, come on. Like, yeah, your I, boobs I get showing. sore. You, yeah. you get got a tummy. What yeah. the hell? Well, some people don't. Some people are different. Anyway, there was the issue of how she would protect a baby in a house where she felt she could not even protect herself. She was despairing. Oh, God. Even visitors to the house would also feel the oppression and refuse to come around anymore. Oh, there was one gentleman who came round and said, "What's with all these blood stains everywhere?" And I can't what? remember if that. Yeah, there were blood stains on the floor and up the walls and stuff. 
Poor old Vanessa was stuck in this house because she had no money after pouring it all into the cage. Into the dream became, house, yeah. Yeah, she became isolated. Oh, God. So at eight months pregnant, she was upstairs in her bedroom trying on some clothes in front of her mirror when she felt two hands push her from behind. What? She hit the floor and lay there. Like She's eight months pregnant. She's yeah. huge at this point. She lay there for about five or ten minutes, terrified for the baby, and she didn't <gasps> dare move for fear. But luckily, a month later, her son Jesse was born, but she had to return to the cage with him. Fuck. So walking in with him through the back gate one freezing February morning, she was unable to enter the house just because of the fear. Yeah. But it began to snow and she was holding this little tiny baby and snowflakes were falling and she just thought, I've just got to go in. So one evening she's in bed with baby Jesse and she dozed off with all the lights and the TV on. She awoke suddenly to the sound of footsteps stomping up the stairs. No, 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 no. Her bedroom door had an iron latch which was being smashed up and down violently. Oh, my God. And there was no way out for Vanessa. So she just (gasps) had to sit there while this was all going on. She felt completely powerless to defend herself. Now, this reminds me of episode one of our podcast when we were talking about Alistair Crowley's um, Boleskine Manor, which Jimmy Page from... Yeah, let's uh, it. That Zeppelin bought and then he put his childhood friend, whose name escapes me, into the manor, to, who was a sceptic and he was looking after the place. But he had a very similar experience, like a oh, whole Jesus night Christ. of sleeplessness when this is going on. Anyway, after this, she stayed in her bedroom exclusively, complete with a potty under the bed. She'd go down in the morning, get sandwiches and flasks of tea and just stay up there all, all day and all night. Yeah. Does she not have a family to go to? I just wouldn't go back. I don't know. But oh. th- she did feel that there was one person she could turn to and that person was a lady by the name of Ursula Kemp this is where we get to the witchy stuff I feel like I know this this name keep going Ursula Kemp was known as the first of the St Oswith witches which were 14 women convicted for witchcraft in 1582 okay now in the year of 1582 a few things of note occurred um, this is just to kind of base, because for me, I need to know what's going on in the world to know what 1582 means. April 16th, the Spanish conquistador Hernando de Lema founded the settlement of Salta, Argentina. So that must have been the first people to arrive in Argentina. Okay. From sure. Spain. November 29th, the future English playwright William Shakespeare married Anne Hathaway. So that's where we are in the history. All right. If anyone wants to kind of cast their mind back. (laughs) Anyway, Ursula was a single mother in her 20s or early 30s and known as a healer. Right. She was often called upon by her neighbours to heal ailments and sicknesses and was later blamed for intentionally causing illness and death. Intentionally? Yeah. At her trial, Hmm. several several of her neighbours testified against her, along with her friend, Alice Newman, who was also accused of causing the deaths of Edna Stratton and two children, Joan Thurlow and Elizabeth Leatherdale. Hmm. Her neighbour and former friend, Grace Thurlow, testified that she asked for Kemp's help with illnesses befallen to herself and her son. But then she didn't pay Kemp the 12 pence that she charged as promised. Mm-hmm. So when she asked for help again, Thurlow once again refused payment. So this is starting to get up Ursula Kemp's nose a little bit. Right. Sometime later, Thurlow, Grace Thurlow's baby daughter, Joan, only a few months old, fell from her cradle and died of a broken neck. Okay. Alice Leatherdale, 
Yeah. And then there's mm. Alice Leatherdale, who testified that Kemp had asked her for some scouring sand, which is an abrasive cleaner, and that when Miss Leather, Mrs. Leatherdale had refused her, she, she had refused her because she knew that Kemp was a naughty beast. And then Leatherdale's daughter, Elizabeth, later saw Ursula Kemp, whom and Ursula Kemp murmured at her. And then Elizabeth fell ill and died. So Leatherdale blamed Kemp for bewitching the girl to her death. What do you think of this? Because, you know, when I was doing some reading for this, this really just ties into powerful women, maybe women who don't fit into the norm, maybe women who are beautiful and the husbands are attracted to them. These are the ones, or even as a healer, look, you can't heal everyone, you know? And when bad things go wrong, it's really easy. people don't pay you. Yeah, but it's really easy to, to blame the witch for things going wrong when actually you may have done something yeah. wrong or the child was just beyond saving or whatever it yeah. is. Well, I'd yeah, there was an accident in their home and and who want, you want to blame someone. Yeah, so so she poor old Ursula gets blamed. I feel like she's mm. got a bad rap. And when she yeah. rightly asked for payment and didn't get it, yeah. yeah, okay, she was pissed off. But I don't, I'm not sure she put a hex on whoever, but... Okay, right. So what happened here? Well, Kemp and her eight-year-old son, Thomas, were both arrested. He's only eight, bless him. And they were forced, and he was forced to testify against his mother. Now, I don't know what they would have used to force an eight-year-old boy to testify against his mother. Mm. But he ended up claiming that his mother kept four spirits or familiars. Now, I did do my research on familiars. I can now tell you what a familiar is. Mm. This is from Teen Vogue. (laughs) Familiars or imps usually are small household pets that serve as a witch's companion. According to legend, familiars are sort of like guides who take the form of an animal on earth. They are loyal guardians and protectors to witches who are are sent to assist them with magic. Could this be black cats? Could be all sorts of things, toads, rats, anything. So little, little, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. (laughs) Thomas. He described them, Thomas, he described them as a grey cat called Tiffin, a white lamb called Titty, a black toad called Pigeon, and a black cat called Jack. I added, there's also a mouse called Bum Bum and a rabbit called Boobies. Because if you look at all the names, (laughs) he's eight years old. It's like, yeah, penis. And uh, what's this one called? Pigeon. Uh, yeah, the lamb, he's called Titty. Yeah. So that's just my little tuppence worth. I'm kind of thinking, yeah, they've got him sitting there chit-chatting about all sorts of shit. And he's making shit up anyway. Yeah, he's making shit up. He said that he had seen his mother give her familiars beer and cake and let them suck, suck blood from her body. Bullshit. She probably put a Satanic leech on panic. there. Yeah. Satanic panic. All these kids remembering all kinds of weird shit. Yeah, and also probably being fed false memories. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So and anyway, if, Thomas. Huh? No, no. Well, leeches were used, you know. So maybe she had yeah, a leech to like, been. you know, to take away, the, to cleanse blood and take away bruises yeah. and whatnot. Could have been. Thomas said that he had been present when Alice Newman had visited his mother. He said that his mother had given Newman an earthenware pot, which he believed to contain the familiars. Days later, he saw Newman return, telling Kemp that she had sent spirits to kill a local man and his wife. If you remember, Alice Newman was her friend who was also co, co-accused. All right. So the, the, the judge, Justice Brian Darcy, said that Kemp made a full confession to him in private. Now, here's where I want to talk a little bit about the confessions. In the National Archives, there still exists today many written confessions from this time. 
from so-called witches, some okay. freely given, some forced. Now, I'm, I looked into then, looked into different methods of forcing a witch to confess. Okay. So this is from a website called Haunt Jaunt. <laughs> there is one reciting the Lord's Prayer. Though this is not foolproof. Now, you said before that it was purely a oh, uh, sisterhood and it was all women. But this guy was a minister and he was tried and, and eventually executed as a witch. But on because I think he couldn't recite the prayer or he fumbled one time. And then as he was about to be executed, he recited it perfectly. But that, by that stage, the condemner accused the devil of taking hold of his tongue to recite the prayer. So basically what it was all about was people were, were getting money to pull out witches from society. If you don't like someone, it's very easy to say they're a witch, male, female, whatever. Yeah, of course. It's it's a get out. It's an all-round all, yeah. all round get out. It was a, a catch-all. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Dunking, I, I mentioned dunking earlier. That mm. consists of strapping the witch down to a dunking stool and then plunging in her into the water of a river or a lake. Now, Fucking the belief hell. was that the water, being an element favoured by God, would reject anything evil. So if the accused floated, she was considered rejected by the water and therefore guilty. But if she sunk and some subsequently drowned, she was innocent. A bit of a no-win oh, situation going on there. Well, I'll tell you another no-win. Because I'm, you know, in Switzerland, apparently the last witch to be executed in Europe was here like actually not too far from where we are her name was Goldie she's a Swiss witch she was decapitated Oof. 1782 so yeah no coming back from that there's no coming back no there's another method called pricking where you've got needles stabbing uh, and not draw- so if you stab a needle into a witch in a certain place and no blood is drawn, then that's a sure sign that she's mm-hmm. a witch. This is when you get your professional prickers. <laughs> I'm a professional prick. So uh. professional prickers. They'd be brought in to a suspected witch with the expectation that they would successfully locate her mark. This practice was rife with fraud, however, as many of these prickers would use dull or retractable needles in their pricking instruments. Uh. In order to avoid drawing blood on contact, because finding a witch paid out much better than finding a woman innocent. Yeah, of course. Like dentistry when we were growing up. Hmm? Dentistry, yeah. Honestly, like they got paid for ripping out healthy teeth. And if you went there without any fillings, they didn't get money. So, nightmare. Yeah, anyway. How would you like to have a witch cake, Michelle? It's made up of only two ingredients. Mud. One is rye, rye meal. The other is the urine of the afflicted or cursed person. Like, you know, piss so cake. After bake, piss cake. After baking this cake, the next step would be to feed it to a dog. And if the woman accused of witchcraft howls out in pain after the first bite, congratulations, you have a witch. Congratulations, you have a witch on your hands. I don't see that as being used very often because, I mean, it wouldn't work. No, you know, I mean, okay, it might be disgusting, but you're not going to howl in pain after eating a slice of piss cake. Exactly. then there's this one which is horrific pressing though not a common method anyone familiar with the crucible which we spoke of earlier or the salem witch trials in general might recognize the name giles corey he was another man that was accused of witchcraft again like i said it wasn't always for the girls he was eventually slowly crushed to death under the weight of heavy stones when he refused to confess but instead of admitting to practicing witchcraft he responded with a quest of more weight 
whenever prodded for a confession. He was ultimately pressed for two days with more and more weight being applied before finally dying a martyr. Fucking hell, that is just horrendous. I know. Going back to Kemp, Ursula Kemp, she told the judge that about 10 years before she'd experienced an illness and saw a local cunning woman, that's kind of code for witches, who said she'd been bewitched and to unwitch herself she had to use a concoction made of, amongst other things, St John's wort and pig shit. (laughs) Oh God, it's all piss and shit, isn't it? (laughs) Jesus Christ. After this, she had performed healing services for her neighbours. She admitted... To the four familiars her son had mentioned. Maybe that's because they threatened to do something to her son. I don't know. She said that they were two male spirits that killed people and two female spirits who brought sickness to people and destroyed cattle. Kemp then went on to confess to sending her familiars to make Grace Thurlow lame and to kill Joan Thurlow, the baby, Elizabeth Leatherdale and Kemp's sister-in-law. She then named 12 other women as witches, six of whom were hanged, including Kemp, in 1582. Many of the accused freely confessed to witchcraft despite knowing that they faced death as a result. So now we're coming back to the cage modern day. Vanessa, as I said before, I segued into the story of of Ursula Kemp. She felt a connection and empathy towards Ursula as a fellow single mother and began speaking to her and asking her for help. Both were prisoners in this cage. This is where Ursula had been kept, by the way. Ah, so she had been a prisoner in that house. One day she realised she needed something and usually she took Jessie, the baby, with her everywhere except this one time. She went downstairs to iron some clothes quickly when three of Jessie's toys began moving around her feet. She quickly, like, you know, inanimate objects suddenly moving. She quickly went to the staircase to shoot up to Jessie when she saw a man standing at the top of the stairs wearing modern day clothing at the top next to the room with the baby in it. That was her breaking point and she moved out a few days later. Okay, so and that is the end of the story of the cage. So, Ursula, but with a bit of info about it, witches in there. Ursula, no, she died. But Ursula didn't. But Ursula's spirit didn't help. She didn't, but she was th- she was of comfort to to Vanessa during her time okay. in the cage. Hey, yeah. oh well, there you go. What a story! It's more of a ghost story, but it does it does link to the witches of the fifteen hundreds in St. Oswith and the famous uh, witches who were all the twelve. Was it 12 witches? I can't remember how many there were now. I said it before. Yeah, the 12. Some witches. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you. Great story. Thanks. I went a bit off-piste here because, you know, I love a bit of true crime, as do you. Uh, Yeah. Now, trigger warning here. I'm going to tell you about a case that involves uh, incidents relating to children. So skip forward if you don't want to hear this uh, because it does get a bit grim. You know, this does relate to witchcraft and this is really only from like 10 years ago. So it's terrifying to think that there is shit out there that is still happening in the name of witchcraft. So look, I, when I was looking into this case, I read conflicting reports about the exact date, but it was either the 20th or the 22nd of December 2010 when 15-year-old Christy Bamu, and that's a boy, not a girl, Christy Bamu travelled to London from his home in Paris along with his two brothers and his two sisters because they were going to stay with his older sister, Magali, who was 27, and her boyfriend, Eric Bikubi, who was at that point 26. And the whole family were going there to celebrate Christmas. Now, because Magali was older, 
the parents sent the kids off on their own to be looked after by her and they were following a few days later so they could all be together for Christmas. But soon after they arrived, the boyfriend, Eric Bakubi, he kind of freaked out and he accused all the kids of bringing witchcraft into his flat. But not just any kind of witchcraft. He believed the children, and in particular, Christy, had brought Kindoki into his home. Now, I didn't know what Kindoki was, so I googled, and apparently it's a type of voodoo or evil witchcraft, and it's practiced in the Congo. So that's the origins of this family. I think they were Congolese living in, in Paris with family in the UK. So... It was shortly after all the kids arrived that the abuse started in the name of witchcraft. So um, it's reported that Eric accused the kids of bringing witchcraft into his home. Then when this happened, Christy wet his pants because he couldn't get into the bathroom in time. And look, I'm sure the kid was embarrassed and mortified. You know, he's not a, a small kid, but he couldn't get into the bathroom and he, and he wet himself. And unluckily for him... This triggered what was to come because they then believed that he had, you know, this was a devil in him. Yes, because he had wet himself. So again, trigger warning. Um, When Eric, the the sister's boyfriend, saw that Christy had wet himself, he beat all the children and then forced one of the smaller girls to eat a light bulb. Oh, my God. Yeah. Then he singled out Christy and hit him in the mouth with a metal bar and a hammer and basically knocked all his front teeth out. Fuck, Michelle, that's horrific. Yeah. It was also reported that he was beaten with ceramic floor tiles and bottles were smashed on his head. So Eric was still insisting that all the children were witches and he was aggressively getting trying to get them to prove that they were witches. And he was goading them to jump out of a window. They were on a in a flat, like, you know, in a high rise. He wanted them to um, jump out the window so he could watch them fly and prove that they were witches, right? So, look, at this point, I think the children were also terrified that all of them um, confessed, yes, they were witches, just to get this guy to stop. But Christy... He wouldn't admit it. He mm. would not admit to that he was a witch. So Eric and, terrifyingly, Magali, the sister of Christy, the older sister they were staying with, they both turned on Christy and forced all the children to attack Christy as well in what they called a deliverance ceremony, which I don't know what it is, but I can only assume was they were trying to deliver him from evil. Now, Jordi, I don't really want to go into all the horrific don't. details of this and the torture this poor kid suffered. Don't do it. At the, no, I'm not going to. Thanks. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, knives, hammers, chisels, blocks of wood oh, fuck off. were used. And the coroner reported 130 injuries to this poor kid oh at the God. time of death, which despite all of these injuries, he actually died from drowning. Because after he'd been tortured, and this went over three days, right? Oh, my God. And he was starved of food and water. Um, He was thrown into a bath, but his injuries were so severe that he couldn't keep his head above the water and he drowned. Mm. And uh, and then, you know, 911 was called and that's when 
the police discovered this fucking blood spattered crime scene. It's absolutely yeah. horrific. And this guy, the QC, Brian Altman, who was like prosecuting this case, said of the other kids who had attacked the brother that he thinks the children had no other option except to do as they were told. Otherwise, what was happening to Christy would happen to them. And he said he just couldn't believe that in this day and age, anybody can, you know, believe that witchcraft was being practiced by these little kids. Mm. And the guy, Eric, he actually, he admitted to manslaughter, but he tried to say that it was caused because he had brain damage. But it's bullshit and it was rejected. He's just a it's just, sadist. Yeah, he's fucking outrageous. But the court was like, no, not having that. And Magali denied the assaults. Um but she was found guilty and so she fucking should be. And one of the little girls, Kelly, said she didn't know what was going on, but they had decided they had come basically to, to kill them and, you know, that they were witches. And that apparently the children had all asked, please forgive us again and again, but the older sister did nothing and just let it happen. So, oh my God. There, yeah, the sister was, Magali was sentenced to 25 years and Eric was sentenced to 30 years. Where is this? In the UK? Yeah, in in London. East London. Ew. Fucking terrifying. And this is 10 years ago. Yeah. So, you know, people are still out there believing that witches are evil and mm. doing crazy shit in, in the name of witchcraft. So anyway... That was super grim. Sorry, guys. But I do love a bit of true crime. And it's fucking nightmarish. But I do have a little spell. Uplifting story. No. Well, it's more some spells. So, look, I actually went when I was doing some some research. There was this woman who who claims she's a witch. And she's released a book. And she had these pictures of herself. I'm not even joking. She looks like a page three girl. She was in like this weird negligee. It was was crazy. (laughs) And, okay, to be fair, this was in the sun online um Uh that's a great source of research information isn't it (laughs) (laughs) but she she gave a little spell so she said that she had this friend who wasn't a great friend and she wanted a spell to keep this woman away from her but not harm her (laughs) so she gave this this spell to anyone who's hounding you or you just want them to go away uh this spell works a treat apparently so, and, and this woman, Nicola, her name is, uh, Nicola Kelleher, the brand of kind of witchcraft she does, she calls it kitchen magic. So she uses like things you can find. That. Yeah, I in, could do with some of that. I know. Oh, I'd need some kitchen magic. Um, so this one is really simple. She says, you simply write the name of the person you want space from or you want sort of out of your life. So you write their name on a piece of paper and uh, put it in a bag, I guess a Ziploc bag, full of water, and uh, put it in the freezer. Basically, you're freezing them out. You've frozen them out. Yep, and then you're rid of them for good. And she says, my freezer's full of old friends and troubled people. I might have to buy a new freezer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she says, it's things to bear in mind because if you choose to cast a spell like this and you want that person back in your life, you can't just thaw it out. And act like oh. nothing happened. Uh, what you have to do is empty the bag of water so you have the ice and uh, and then bury the ice, right? Hmm. And then you can welcome them back in. 
Okay. Yes. So there you go. And another one, it's about uh, a spell to make others uh, stop saying mean things about you behind your back, right? Okay. <laughs> how, how would you even know that they're doing that in the first place? Well, I, I guess, guess if someone back. tells you like, oh, so-and-so said you're a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you're a witch. <laughs> <laughs> so, I am so a witch. <laughs> so uh, you need a gherkin for this one. So what? So if someone's talking bad, like talking shit about you, you put their name on a piece in, a, like, write it on a piece of paper. Uh, put it in yeah. a s- sliced pickle and you freeze it. Okay. Yeah. There that's, you go. That's odd, isn't it? Why? Why a gherkin? I wonder. I don't know. She doesn't go into it. But all right. Interesting. Practical magic. It is practical magic. And then I did look up spells for, you know, attracting money. Because everyone oh, wants more money. Yes. Money flows to me. Money flows to me. And basically, they all say, listen, if you want money to come to you, you have to be generous to other people. So, okay. you know, if you see a homeless person, give money. You know, like, yeah. if you act like you don't have a lot of money, you're not going to attract money to you. I like the sound of that. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, if you're fearful that you you don't have enough, even though the, the world is abundant, then you're not going to have enough. So get rid of your anxiety. Start being generous. There is a simple spell you can do. So this money spell, I think it's a little unlikely that this will ever happen to you. But anyway, you have to go for a walk in a busy area. Collect 13 lucky pennies. A lucky penny is oh. any coin One that you find on the floor that you find. But it has to be... Find a penny, pick it up all day long, you'll have good luck. But you need 13 of of them. That's a big ask. That's a long day. That is a really long day. And you can only pick up the ones that are face up, right? Face. If they're facing down, you turn it over and you leave it for someone else to find, right? But they all have to be the same. So you can't... If you you find a pound coin, you have to find 13 pound coins. I think this sounds really hard. Anyway. So it's got to be the... Yeah. That's too hard. Yeah. But anyway, you put all these coins in a... a, like a jar and you fill it with water and then you Mm -hmm. can add like herbs so cinnamon thyme basil cloves ginger and seal the jar and then you put a burning green candle on top of it and then you meditate Mm -hmm. green for money yes and then you meditate and you visualize yourself enjoying the wealth you're about to receive and then on the night of the full moon bury the container in soil like in the ground uh, in mm. a place that won't be disturbed. And then on the dirt above it, draw a pentagram with the top pointing west. Got all that? Oh. That's all you need to do to be Hang rich. <laughs> there it is. Go for it because you never know. Or you could do a day's work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, thank you for the uh, for the heads up on those spells. Yes. I'm sure there's plenty more you could look up, like how to catch a man, love spells. so there you go witches honestly i feel like we haven't even scratched the surface of witches we're so much more well i guess we better wrap it up yeah righty ho so uh guys see you next week on eavesdropping i hope eavesdropping sorry every time i say eavesdropping i've got to change it to and don't forget to rate review subscribe like etc share with all your friends tell them how great we are and Go to the website and look at Michelle's non-existent flowchart of Ben Mendelsohn's yeah, career. Sorry about that. And enjoy your resting witch face. <laughs> hey! <laughs> bye bye. Well